everyone. Welcome to The Travel Coach, Moving Body, Mind and Spirit. My guests today are financial alignment experts, originally from the US, but currently living in Mexico. Bringing together backgrounds in finance and pharma, they have started their own coaching business, Inspire My Money, where they work with couples, helping them to align their goals and their finances together. A major focus of their business is to inspire others to really go after their dreams. John and Karen Yates, welcome to The Travel Coach. Oh, thank you so much, Sonia. We're so happy to be here with you. Hi, Sonia. Good to be here. Thank you for joining us. And I'm so excited because it's the first time in the story of The Travel Coach that they have a couple of guests. So this is going to be an experience. Looking forward to it. <laughs> okay. As always, my first question for both of you is about your relationship with travel growing up. What are the memories you have from that phase of your life? Sure, I'll start. So most of my summer family vacations were spent in Michigan, where I grew up. And so it was fairly limited. You know, it was just driving and renting a cottage and whatnot. But we did have the benefit of my dad working for the airlines. And so we were able to fly. So usually that was a winter trip, get away from the cold in Michigan. <laughs> and so we would go places like Florida or California, or Arizona, places that were much warmer than Michigan. And those were really our trips. We didn't have a ton of vacations and it wasn't, we definitely never, well, given that Michigan is really close to Canada, we did venture into Canada a couple of times, but nothing exotic, no world travels really. Yeah, hi, Sonia. And my, my traveling growing up was, um, I grew up in Kansas City area, and we traveled to Colorado very often. You know, every summer was our Colorado trip. So that was our venture. Uh, it was kind of nice. We traveled with my grandparents often. So it was um, seven, four of us and two of them. So it was a lot of fun. And that was really it. That was our biggest, my biggest memories growing up is vacation. And then later on as, you know, teenage years, we, my family had a boat. And so we would always go to the closest lake and have that as our regular trip. Yeah. Very interesting. The different perspective on the different backgrounds. Thank you for sharing that. So we are going to hear today about how you're a mentor. So I would like to know more about the moment when you're a mentor really starts. So it was like a moment, like, you know, the line in the sun when you said, okay, something needs to change. What happened? Well, it took a very long time for that line in the sand to come, come to our perspective. So, um, and so, you know, to jump ahead a little bit, what happened was our marriage was at a very low point and we were struggling and really having a hard time. And we had just come back from a, a weekend trip or a long weekend trip to to Colorado, actually. We were in Kansas at the time. And we came back from there. And during that vacation time, we had a chance to argue some more and talk some more and, <laughs> and, and see what was really happening. And so once we got back, just like everybody else, we're like, oh my gosh, I have to go to work now. See you later. And during that moment, you know, that kind of transitional time frame of getting back into the mode of... Of real life after vacation happens, we kind of said to each other, we can't move forward like this because we don't see each other. And that was our struggle. 
we weren't seeing each other, we weren't seeing our kids, we were just going through the motions of, you know, living the American life and, and making money and paying the bills and not seeing each other. And so with a, with our marriage, you know, on the rocks, it just made everything even that much more difficult. And so I think the, the line in the sand came, we had zero money, our marriage was terrible, and we just said, we have to do something different. We didn't know what that was. It's really hard to think of something different when you're broke. <laughs> and so, you know, it was either we're going to finish this and be done and over, or we're going to figure something out. And that's really what happened. We just kind of said, you know, let's figure this out. Let's start talking about our struggles, start talking about what we needed to do to get back together. And that's where it started to happen. It's interesting to hear that uh, it was like a trip who, you know, in, the, in this place out, when you, you spend more time together than actually you, you were talking about these deep conversations and, and it was like a moment of, you know, awareness, if you will, that yeah. something needed to change. And it was like the lower point that it was something needed to change because you felt in a, in a pain, you felt pain, I suppose, in your relationship and in your life. Right, and on that trip, we've just had the time to, to really develop that closeness, that time to talk, that time to, to reconnect, and to connect with our kids as well, which was important to really, to both of us, to be able to spend more time with them. And you add that to the fact that we were out in nature, which is something that we both love and our children love, and it's, you know, it all culminated to this point of what are we doing in this normal life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what was the action you took from there? What was the, I don't know, the plan? So we had this, you know, we're at this point where it's like, okay, we need to spend more time together. And my job was prohibitive of you know, a variation, right? It's a, it's not a nine to five. It was really a seven to five kind of job. And I didn't have freedom from that. So we're like, we have to get creative because within the confines of that job, we don't have more time together. We don't have more time with our children. And so kind of just some offhand thinking and, and John throws out, well, what if we just left and ditched it all and, and started traveling? Well, I mean, there's a piece in there that's missing. We didn't jump like that because it took months to for this to happen. And so during that time, I started looking for work online and seeing how this could happen online to create that income that we would have to you know, give up to move forward with this dream lifestyle. Um, and so that's really how it started was once I found something online that I thought we could tackle, um, there was a mentorship that I applied for and I got chosen as one out of 10 people and the kit, you know, the fine print said, well, it's in Thailand for two months. And I'm like, uh Oh, this isn't going to happen. You know, we have no money. <laughs> I can't fly around the world to go do this. And so. The stars were lining up because I just happened to check online to see how much it was going to be. And there was a ticket for $330 round trip from U.S. to Thailand and back. And I'm like, oh my gosh, we have to make this happen. You know, I'm thinking it's going to be two or $3,000. And it was 350 bucks for me to go around the world and back. And so that kind of trans transferred into this momentum starting. Like, okay, this is going to work now. And that's where it started. You know, we were 
right before I left to go on the plane, <laughs> I asked her, uh, and remember our marriage was still way down here. It's not it magically, you know, get all better. Um, I said, so what would you say about uh, moving to Thailand? And so one of the things in our marriage that was causing so much disruption was everything was always shut down as a no. And so once she said, uh, I'd have to think about it, <laughs> and it scares me to death, then that no didn't trigger all kinds of, you know, arguments. And that's what moved us forward. And so once I went to Thailand, learned how to make money online, came back, we had been thinking about this constantly, like, what if this could really happen? Thinking about it and really talking about it and, and finding the the benefits of it. I mean, I went to work the next day and that's all I could think about, <laughs> which isn't really good when you're in a chemistry lab to like be completely distracted, but I was. And it's all I, all I could think about really is what would be the benefits of this? And and really soon the benefits started to outweigh the, the negatives. And we kind of transitioned from moving to Thailand to traveling because it's something that we've always wanted to do. And so, you know, moving to Thailand became kind of Eh, not so much the goal as traveling was. Yeah, I was wondering that, right? So what, what did you expect to get out of this experience? Was um, like hoping to start from scratch in another place? Was about um, checking bucket list? What was the, you know, the, the goal that you, what you expected to, to gain from that? Really the time spent together so that we could really reform the bonds that had brought us together initially. We knew that, you know, being constantly separated from from each other by work and that, that we didn't have the time to really communicate with each other to really form that bond again. That, and so that was really our goal, form the bond with each other and then really create stronger bonds with our children because they're growing up and we know that you know, they're not going to be in our care forever. And it was really deeply important to both of us to form really strong bonds that last a lifetime with our children. And so that was really our, our goal in setting out with this journey. Yeah, but why this could not happen in the US? You know, why <laughs> you needed to move is my... Okay, so part of it was, was money. Right? If you are living within the US, it costs a substantial amount of money just to live. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm going to leave my job and so that we can have the time spent together, then that means we have to have a lot of income coming in. Whereas when you travel, you look into this, you know, people think that, oh, travel is so expensive. But when you choose your destinations, it doesn't have to be super expensive. It's yeah. like, okay, well, we can leave the States, we can have a lower cost of living and we can make this happen. Yeah, so that was kind of the, the turning point for all kinds of things, you know, like we can travel. You start looking into it. Once I had gone to Thailand for that mentorship, I realized that the cost is you know, ridiculously low <laughs> compared to where we're at in the US. And, and that's very eye-opening because we've all grown up in this American bubble that it's you know, don't go outside of America because it's not going to work. And once you step outside there, it's like, whoa, this is pretty crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like so. there is no life outside, right? It's like nothing yeah. can happen. When you think yeah. out of the box, then lots of possibilities open up. Right. Absolutely. So on top of, you know, repairing our marriage, we needed to catch up on 
on our money. And so we had many ups and downs and, you know, we had been on some ups and we had currently had a very low down. And so we needed to catch back up. And one of those ways was once you start looking into traveling outside the U.S., uh, it's very possible to catch up. Mm. And so once you, we went to Thailand, you know, for a little bit and then Vietnam, we got stuck in Vietnam during the pandemic. You know, the cost compared to the U.S. is, you know, uh, I want to say a tenth, but I'm sure it's more than that, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's crazy. Now yeah. we're in Mexico and the cost is, you know, half of, you know, of all of our expenses. And so there's plenty of room to catch up on top of being together, you know, and that's kind of the, the main purpose of all of this um, was figure out how to create a better marriage, how to create a better family life, how to create closer relationships with our kids. You know, we all seem to, in the American path, let them grow up and, and move on out. And, you know, looking back on, on our society for the last 20, 50 years, that we now accept that now, oh, everybody just scatters. Everybody lives in different states. And that's okay. And it, it is okay, as long as you have that bond that can bring you back together. Yeah, and not absolutely. Just once a year, you know, Christmas time, or once it, it's constant. Yeah, and that's what we're shooting for, and you know, everybody takes their own path. That's very important. This one to get us here. <laughs> yeah, it looks like we, we forgot this uh, spending this time, and it's just occasionally, right, in these important dates. So I'm sure that you had to, you know, many fears and challenges happen through your mind that you had to overcome. Can you talk more about that? What happened? What was, you know, what were the obstacles and how did you overcome them? Sure, there were a lot of obstacles, <laughs> not, the, not the least of which was like food. <laughs> okay, so, so John had been to Thailand for two months, but I had never been out of North America. And um, I grew up in a very traditional Midwest eating kind of, you know, it's like meat and potatoes and vegetables. And so, you know, I didn't get exposed to an egg roll until I was 18. And then I was like, what is this? This is scary. <laughs> so there was some fear about that. I have a girl in mind, but you know, one of our kids is a little bit more reluctant to try new things. And so it's like, okay, we, we started talking about this a lot, that you're gonna have to try some new things. You know, things might not taste exactly the same. And in fact, when John came back from Thailand, we would pepper him with questions like, oh, do they have, you know, this there? Do they have this there? And, you know, with food as well, do they have bananas? Yeah. And always, his response was always, 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 it's a little bit different. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I wanted to strangle him. It's like a little bit different. What do you mean by that? And, you know, we didn't understand it. And then we, we laughed and it's like, oh, yeah, the bananas are a little bit different. <laughs> prep for that definitely like prepping our, our daughter for you know trying new food and you, you know you might have to eat something that isn't your favorite always um, and one of the other big things for us is we had planned we would go to Bali and then to Thailand and that was the end of our planning we said okay once we get to Thailand we'll make a decision from there and we were in Thailand we had a two we were there for two months and we were thinking okay we're gonna go to Malaysia it's, it's the end of the year it's December we don't want to go anywhere cold um, <laughs> don't like the cold. And so we're like, okay, let's find a, a someplace that's relatively close, that's still in Southeast Asia. And so we were thinking Malaysia, we're gonna go to Malaysia. And then we kept getting inundated with things from Vietnam, like 
pictures and billboards and all these messages. And we're like, man, Vietnam, really? And neither one of us had ever really wanted to go to Vietnam at all. In fact, I would say it was on both of our lists of don't need to go there. Places not to go. <laughs> Places not to go. And it was really, really stemmed from our education about the Vietnam War, right? The Americans came in and did all these atrocious things. And why do we want to go to this country that certainly hates Americans, right? <laughs> but the universe was talking to us, you know, <laughs> giving us all these clues. And so we started asking people in Thailand, all these Westerners who traveled that we would meet, we'd say, okay, where should we go? Should we go to Malaysia or Vietnam? We must have asked a dozen people. And every single one of them said Vietnam go to Vietnam. So we're like, okay, let's look into this. So we look into it and we're like, yeah, why not? Let's go to Vietnam. And we went in fully expecting the Vietnamese people to be prejudiced against us because we're Americans. In fact, we even joked that maybe we'll say we're Canadian because nobody hates Canadians, right? <laughs> <laughs> and we went in and we found the absolute opposite was true. Like we were embraced from everyone that we met in Vietnam as being Americans, they were like, no, we love you. Come, you know, be here. And that was really, really eye-opening for, for all of us, really, because we talked to our kids about it too. You know, we prepped them. There might be prejudice against you strictly because of where you are from. And so it was really, really wonderful to have that experience, to be, you know, to really ask them as we sat down and we asked people, why don't you hate Americans? <laughs> like, really, like... What is wrong with you? How come you don't hate Americans? <laughs> and, you know, this is random people. Some people we got to know well, and some people it was, you know, we sat down and had a cup of tea with them. And they all told us the same thing. Well, the Vietnam War, that, which they call the American War, that was in the past, and we look to the future. And mm. it was just such a beautiful message that they shared with us. And it was... I was so eye-opening, and I was like, man, what would it be like if more people shared this this outlook on life, that we look towards the future? Yeah, it was crazy. It's crazy, unbelievable, in a good way. You know, talking to people, Vietnamese people who were in the war, you know, North and South, that they all have the same reaction. And those are the moments that you get to share as a family together, you know, whereas kind of our story of travel is we always wanted to travel in retirement, hopefully, you know, and go visit for a week or somewhere. And But we got to spend a long time in Vietnam and get to immerse ourselves in this culture. And, and really get to know people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the beauty of traveling. Wow. That's so powerful. And sometimes we have these beliefs prejudgments right about what we hear in tv or in the news or what they tell us and then we have to go there to see the reality what what really yeah. happens there and yeah life-changing this moment absolutely and what about your kids because i don't know if they were you said about the food that they were wondering okay what's the new food but I'm thinking, right, um, a couple who has no kids, maybe it's easier for them to make these kind of decisions, but how they adapt to the new environment, the schools, all these, what, how this happen? <laughs> right, so there's definitely been, there was definitely an adjustment time. Like, I, I'm not going <laughs> to mislead anyone there. There was definitely an adjustment, but it was really fairly simple. They both really embraced um, getting away from the structure of school. So we transitioned from regular public school into complete homeschooling, world schooling methods, 
And they really embraced the power of choice, you know, getting to choose their path, not having to be so absolutely structured and in this box and fitting into that. And so they adjusted really fairly well. The toughest part was probably uh, our daughter, who's the more social one, you know, finding interactions with other kids. Sometimes it's easier. There's, you know, families around. And sometimes it's a little more challenging. Uh, finding someone who speaks the same language. <laughs> you know, we did not pick up much Vietnamese. Um, sadly, I'll admit, you know, three phrases. Hello, thank you, and see you later. <laughs> um, it's a very, very challenging language. We found it to be. But so finding people that, you know, she could interact with and speak a language with, you know, they definitely have learned to interact with kids that they don't speak the same language with. Communication, verbal, nonverbal communication works really well. Um, but just that's probably the toughest part is keeping those connections and that social atmosphere. And so we try to maintain connections, you know, virtually online and meetups through through Zoom calls and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's more our fear than what actually happened to the kids that they are happy with the change, they're excited with the new environment and new countries. Yeah. The pandemic being taking Zoom calls, it's much, it's uh, normal now, you know, it's yeah. not as difficult yeah. as people might imagine. To keep in touch with the friends there and yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And friends that we've met along the way. So you mm. know, we keep in touch with some of them as well and maintain that contact so that they have the continuing social aspect, even if they're not, you know, in the same place and doing the same activities. Absolutely, because your idea was you said you had no more plans after Thailand, so was going to Bali, then Thailand, and take it from there. So was your idea, and now I know you're in Mexico, so was the idea like living like digital nomads, or you just going to stay here and travel around? What's, what's the plan? So once we were in Vietnam, and you know, March 2020 came around, we kind of just succumbed to the, the pandemic and said, we'll stay put for a while. Uh, very fortunate Vietnam had, you know, they have a hundred million population. So one third of the US in the size of about California. And they had, while we were there for a year, they had 35 deaths. Throughout the entire country. <laughs> for the for entire like country. Over a year, it was incredible. So COVID, the way, you know, it is a communist country and they definitely do things differently. Um, and they were, you know, they were able to control it literally. Very successful. Out, closing down cities, um, pretty extreme in some measures, but it worked. And so we were there for a year and a half. And you know, once our goal was not to stay put in one spot, our goal was to move continually. Move. Uh, we don't like digital nomad, but. We want to be able to travel and move around uh, and enjoy. It's kind of like what we imagined in retirement, go someplace for two or three months and then come back home. Um, and we've just chosen not to have that home base in the U.S. at the moment. So our home base is the next place. And if we want to enjoy that place for two or three or six months, then we'll do that. We're not trying to race around the world, but we want to slowly experience what's out there. Right, so our goal really, 
ideally, you know, two to three to six months in, in each country to kind of give us a chance to explore and, and feel settled. Like we are definitely not in a race. Um, we'd like to have a normal family life. You know, we buy groceries and we, and we cook. <laughs> you know, we don't eat out all the time. Uh, we don't, none of us enjoy it that much, you know, the constant um, eating out. And so we have a very normal life. So we like to rent a place for a month, two months, three months and feel as if you know, we're part of a community, explore the area, and, and really get a good feel for the culture and the people. Wow, that sounds like the dream, yeah? Yeah, so right Beautiful. now in Mexico City, we get, we get to experience the Day of the Dead coming up on Halloween. So, and then after that, a couple of weeks later, the, the monarch butterfly migration, they all come back to Mexico, which is like an hour from here, majority of them so we'll go to do that in november and then we're going to move to the coast as soon as we see the butterflies <laughs> <laughs> in december and january and that's when the whales come up on the coast of mexico so we'll get to see that and so we're still here in mexico we'll still enjoy the culture and you know you can't do that when you're living in lawrence kansas <laughs> Absolutely. They have butterflies in Lawrence, Kansas. But they the... <laughs> all these experiences. Very quickly. Yeah, all these experiences that you would just have missed if you never took this decision, right? Right. Absolutely. And it's difficult to explain to somebody who's who who is you know in, in their in their comfort zone, in their place, and they they are scared, they are afraid to maybe quit the job or find other alternatives, move abroad. What if the kids don't like? What if, yeah? That's kind of how our Inspire My Money came to be, mm. Sonia, is, you know, we were literally at rock bottom, both financially and with our relationship. And, you know, for, for both of us, it's really, I keep using the term unimaginable, that a year later, we were at our, one of our best points in our marriage and had a year's worth of money saved up and so all of those things, all of those fears kind of hold us back and keep us in our spot. Whereas if you break out and just kind of say, how would I want, you know, as Americans, we should be able to do that more even. How do I want my life to be? What do I want to experience? How can I do this? And so, you know, two years later, I can say, we've got money in the bank, <laughs> a little bit more than we did. <laughs> and we've traveled here and there and, and enjoyed this this lifestyle. Absolutely. If you had like one short advice or one key secret to, to share with the person who is listening and or the couple who are listening and they are, they won but something is holding holding them back, what would you say? I would say to go for those dreams. Your life does not start at retirement. So many people have this thought that, oh, I'll do this someday, hopefully, maybe crossing my fingers that everything works out and in retirement we'll do this or I'll do this. And it's my, my message is really go for it now. Don't wait because we don't know how long we have. You know, we looked at travel as, okay, we're going to do this when we retire. And we're like, okay, well, hopefully we're in good health and hopefully we have enough money. But now it's like, well, hopefully there's not a global pandemic, right? We didn't even know that that was something we should worry about. And so we feel like so fortunate that we took that leap when we did, that we weren't, you know, still stuck in Kansas. Um, Kansas is a nice place, but uh, it doesn't really compare to other 
places that we've been as far as you know experiences and whatnot and so i would really just like to tell everyone all your listeners that you know go after those dreams even if you don't have the finances lined up right now that's the magic of it that you can really when you go after that goal when you set that goal like this is what i want to do this is what we want to do as a couple it's incredible how fast you can make things happen when you really feel that passion to do something, to go after that dream, to grab it with both hands and say, I am going to do this. Yeah, and I guess just to add on to that, because it is very similar idea, just how to go out there and really do it, but to have that communication with your spouse, some of those, they'll line up, they'll become aligned with each other. And a story I like to tell is that, you know, I met a lady online who lived in this area for most of her life, 50 years, and she had always wanted to live on the ocean. And it was like, you know, an hour and a half or two hours away for her, but she never did because she didn't want that commute. Well, she lost her job and found a new job on the coast. And she was making more in that job and realizing that if she would have looked for this job or a job on the coast where she always wanted to live, 20, 30 years ago, her whole life may have been different because she may have lived right where she wanted to live her whole entire life. Instead, she was two hours away and never really got to see it except, you know, once every few months. Um, and it's just a whole different piece of, of perspective when you say, okay, this is really what I want to do. And let me see if that can actually happen. And believe it or not, more times it will happen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing all this wisdom and this inspiring story of yours. It's really, really inspiring. Honestly, it's, it's, it's amazing what you have achieved in, in a short period of time and you're still doing that. Thank you for that. And you know, time flies when you are having fun, so we have to wrap up, unfortunately. But you know that I will not let you go before you share with me. <laughs> you know, I'm collecting hidden gems from all around the world. And I want you to share from the place you are from, your region, your country, what do you think is a must that maybe is not that famous or not that uh, touristic? So for me, I grew up in Michigan and our summer vacations were spent along the coast of Lake Michigan. And most people who aren't from there or haven't traveled there don't realize that Michigan has some of the most beautiful white sand beaches. I mean, like sand dunes and just gorgeous, like miles and miles and miles kilometers <laughs> of, of the most beautiful white sand beaches that end in this crystal clear blue lake that is insanely large. Like you can't see across it. It's just an incredible, incredible place. And one of my absolute favorite places there is this little town called Ludington. And it's a little, it's a little tiny town in Northern Michigan. And it's absolutely gorgeous. There's a pier that has a lighthouse on it. And then there's a state park a couple miles North and you can walk to this other lighthouse. It's black and white striped lighthouse. And if you time it right, you can actually go up inside the lighthouse, climb up the stairs and look out and just have this amazing, amazing view. And it's just this quaint little town that is just so picturesque and uh, it's one of my favorite places. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you, Karen. What about you, John? Yeah, I grew up in Kansas City area. And so one of the neat spots that I've always enjoyed in Kansas City is, uh, it's called the Plaza. And it's a, it was built in the 1800s and it was the first outdoor mall 
um, ever made. And the, the guy who built it was a you know very wealthy man living up the hill, and he bought the, all the pig farms at the bottom of the hill and went to Spain and imported every single brick and tile from Spain. Every tile, every mosaic, every fountain, they all came from Spain, and he created this giant 20-block mall that is still uh, pristine today, and it's beautiful. So at, at Christmas time, they oh. they light up every window and every corner and every and all the yeah. roofs. Yeah, it's, it's so so gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an amazing place. Wow, very unique, right? I will. I, I just want to check it out now online after that, but <laughs> I'm sure it's worth to visit in person. Thank you, thank you very much for that, Karen and John. So just last but, last but not least, if somebody wants to contact you, what would be the best place to do so? Probably the easiest place is our website, which is inspiremymoney.com. So all one word, inspire my money. And that's, there's a lot of info there. There's, yeah. Perfect. Amazing. Thank you very much for being here today on Board the Travel Coach. Thank you for sharing your inspiring stories. Uh, thank you so much for having us, Sonia. Thank you so much. Thank you. And everybody tuning in, happy and safe travels. Bye again. Take care. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For new adventures every week, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. For more travel coach insights, follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Sonia Cruz Oro. Happy travels!